0: five weeks over what is the responsibility, what do y'all do, and what can you do to help the search committee and help this process. The first thing we'll look at this morning is that it's normal. This is normal. My wife's brother-in-law enjoys hiking. I mean, he really enjoys hiking. I don't know how many times he has climbed Mount Leconte. Many times. Probably 15, 20 times. He has hiked the wilderness area of the Yellowstone. Now, I'm talking about out where nobody else is allowed to go because he knew somebody at the park that could take him there. He said, one night we were hearing these noises and we looked up and there were wolves sticking their heads up over the grass. He said, we were way out from everywhere. He just completed last year a hike and canoe trip in Minnesota. Canoe one lake, hike over to another lake, you know, you know a thousand lakes up there. But every time they plan, I mean, they, they go for months planning these trips. It's just not a last minute thing. Some things go wrong. No matter how much you prepare, there's always the unexpected. It's always there. It doesn't matter. You plan a vacation. You just plan a trip to go to the grocery store. And the unexpected will take place. And the unexpected is very normal. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. There's no telling what will happen, no matter how well you plan Every pastorate has an ending. It always comes to an end. When I, I left Mediview, I, I, I knew God had been planning out in my heart. I knew for several months. Even my wife knew. She said, I, I knew God was getting ready to move us. And she probably knew it before I did. Church was going great. Everything was wonderful. But God had another plan. And when Chad left here, I'm sure he knew what was happening. He, has, he had a plan. God had a plan for his life. Every pastorate does have an ending. And sometimes a pastor is glad to move for various reasons. And sometimes pastors are asked to leave for various reasons. But I believe most pastors struggle to leave, especially when they're in a good church. And I think Chad felt that way. He's in a good place. And so it's a struggle when a pastor leaves. Jason Lowe mentions how members deal with resignation of a pastor. He says some are mad when he leaves. How can he do this to us? Why would he leave us? Others are really sad or broken hearted they left. Others may be glad that he left. And then some are just indifferent. They're just like, well, that's another pastor gone. We'll get another one. And so everybody works through these things differently. Some of you may be in one of these categories. And you may be waiting to see what God's going to do. To help the next pastor and to help Greenwood Baptist, you will need to move from your emotions. If you're upset, you need to move on. If you're glad, you need to move on. Whatever emotion you're in, you need to now start looking to the future. Looking to what God is going to do, who God is going to bring you. Your new pastor will arrive, and you will hear his first sermon. He'll conduct the Lord's Supper for the first time. And he'll perform the funeral for a friend. And then he will soon become your pastor. You'll get connected to him. You'll see how he does things. Remember, though, through this transition, the Lord has not left y'all. God has not abandoned this place because the pastor left. Remember what he says? I will never leave you nor forsake you, never abandon you, never leave you alone. Now, you may be a guest. You're visiting today or, you know, you're looking for a church. I don't know. And it's a great church. And maybe you're waiting. Well, I'm just going to see what they're going to do. Well, if you've been visiting for a while, go ahead and join and help in the process. It's a great way to get familiar with the church. Another thing, you have stability. 1 Corinthians 3, 5-7. through 7. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? They are servants to whom you believe. And each has the role the Lord has given. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God that gives the growth. Now, as pastors, we have a limited ability. We're all connected to God. We know what God can do. God uses us as pastors. He uses us to preach the Word and teach the Word. But it's God that does it all. He's the one who leads people here. He's the one who grows a church. He's the one who leads a pastor from one church to another church. It is all in His hands, and we have to trust Him. There is still, though, this lack of stability when you have an interim. Now, I'm not going to be your pastor, but I will help you find that pastor. And that's an exciting part for me to help you in this process. I was telling my grandchildren, I asked me, Papa, why are you going to this, this church? And I was at Birchwood and explained to them because I went to Morris Hill. And I said, Well, I'm just kind of filling in, they don't have a pastor. I'm telling the story, and she looks at me and goes, oh, you're the substitute. (laughs) And I said, yeah, that's really a good way of putting it. I'm I'm the substitute. And uh, I'm here to give you that stability, I hope, that you'll know I will be here every service. I'll be preaching. I'll be handling things. I'll do some visitation when it's possible, visiting people. I'll be doing those things that a pastor, not everything, but a lot of the things that a pastor would be doing. let me give you a note of caution when you think about your next pastor your next pastor will not be your former pastor he will not be like him he will not preach like him he will not act like him you will never find somebody just like your former pastor so if you're like well hey this guy didn't preach like brother chad or this guy didn't preach like well you may go back to brother vaughn you've got to understand who god calls is unique for this church Paul warned of this problem in the church at Corinth. One of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? You see, we're all part of the kingdom of God. We, we serve Christ. and really, really, We're just human as pastors. We're just like y'all. We have the same problems. I put my shoes on the same way you do. and I mean, we all have the same struggles to some extent. And we have to understand that a man of God is just somebody that God has called. I tell you, I was in elementary and middle school. I had to do an introduction for something. And I'm not kidding. I was soaking wet when I got through. I was scared to death. And I said, I'll never stand in front of a group of people again in the rest of my life. God changes things. And I still get nervous before I preach. We're all just human. We're all that, that same thing. But the entire church, you need to stand behind your new pastor. Stand behind him. And it may come time to a vote and you say, well, I'm, I'm not going to vote for him. That's all right. But stand behind him when the church calls him. Be supportive of your new pastor. So now, now what do you do now? now? I understand that the search committee has been formed and Brother Wayne is going to give an announcement at the end of the service and and, and how you vote on that, and all this, and so there's somebody, there's a group in place. One of the most difficult times that I had in ministry was waiting with a family with their loved one in surgery. Of course, I don't even you can't hardly go to the hospital anymore for that. But you're waiting. the family has it's a maybe a major surgery. Sometimes they'll call about every hour, let you know what's going on. But in between time, you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. And sometimes you don't hear a lot of good news. And sometimes you hear great news. But sometimes you don't hear any news at all. Not knowing what is taking place is very difficult. Waiting for the new pastor can be difficult. And waiting is, for me, it's the most difficult thing in the world to be waiting. I hate to get in line and wait. Oh, gosh, it just kills me. And I always get in the wrong line. Doesn't matter what line I get in. It's the one that stops. You know, I I look at Beth. Let's go over here. We go over here. It stops. And that one moves on. They're all gone. I'm still over here in this other line. Waiting is hard. So you're waiting on a new pastor. I understand the last pastor Chad, it was a year before y'all called him. The average time for a pastor in Southern Baptist churches, the average time is finding a pastor is 12 to 18 months. Wow. 12 to 18 months. There will be times when you will not hear as often as you would like from the search committee. You're going to think, man, they should be they should be doing something. What are they doing? I haven't heard anything from them. Are they finding every candidate possible? Have they looked under every rock? Are they, looking at, are they doing everything they can to find our pastor? Why are they not telling us anything? Well, probably because they don't have anything to tell you. You don't want them to get up here every week and tell you something. Wait till something happens. So in the meantime, you're waiting. You're waiting. You're waiting. There are things you may wonder about, but I want you to remember this. As a church body, you're the ones that will elect your search committee. You are saying when you vote them in, we have confidence in you to carry out the work that God has called you to do, and we trust you, and we'll be patient as much as possible. We won't hear, but we understand all the stuff you have to go through. They might look through 100, 200 resumes. I don't know, maybe more than that. And they'll get some there, you look at it and you go, Well, that goes to garbage. I mean, you don't have to think about some of them. You just get them and go, Okay, that, that's, that's gone. Then others you look at it, and you go, Well, this might be. And they put them aside. And you look at other resumes and they go, Well, that's a garbage one. And you just, so they go through this whole process of looking at people's resumes. Let me tell you, a resume is only a resume. It is a piece of paper that somebody has written stuff on about themselves. You don't always see who the real person is. But it's the only way you can kind of get a handle. It's a place to start. Your committee will have the best interest at heart for this church. They want to be obedient to God in this process. They want to hear from Him. Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. Again, that... Word waiting, having patience, waiting to see what happens. And, and I don't know what will happen during this process. I know churches in Chattanooga area and other places have gone two years looking for a pastor. It can be a long process for some places. But you're waiting and waiting in prayer and waiting with patience will be greatly needed in this process. Now, the unexpected. I always hate that. You're, I don't like unexpected things. You, you, you got things going, and you think you're ready. You think you got it. So, so here's a, here's a scenario. The committee has worked very hard. They've learned, put in long hours, and they have finally narrowed it down to a short list of maybe let's say five pastors. And they feel like one of these people will be that person. They believe they have arrived at the right candidate. So now they've gone through this, narrowed it down from maybe 200 down to five, and now they've narrowed that five down to one person that they really feel that God needs to be here. They call him, ask him to come preach. Apparently he's been interested because they've been contacting him. The date is set. Everybody's excited about it. The night before he calls the chairman of that search committee and says, I don't believe God wants me here. Now this is a true story. I know a young man that happened to. Him. Went to the church. He felt that was it. The night before, God said, This is not it. So what happens? Disappointment. The search committee's like, oh, we, we did our best. We really looked at everything we can. But you're going to say, find the unexpected. So what does the committee do? They start all over in a process. They go to the next person out of those five and see where you know, what happens. These ha- things happen. This unexpected process in searching for God's man. James 4, 13 and 14 says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will travel to such and such a city, spend a year there, and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be, for you are like vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes. Wow. Man. Your life feel that way? This past week, we had our birthday party for our Oldest grandchild, 14 years old. I can't believe that she's 14. Very beautiful girl. She's nearly six feet tall. Take Her dad's 6'6". Six, six, so her mom's like 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, so she's 13, turned now 14, and just loves life. But man, it's passed quickly. My dad used to always tell me, he says, Bill, you'll find out that you know time is short. You You're expecting things to be you know, it's going to pass before you know it. I said, what do you mean, Dad? It's 24 hours in a day. He said, I know, but you're going to find that past time passes too quickly. And you're going to wonder what in the world happened to the world around you. We all are in this aspect of waiting and wondering what tomorrow holds, but we don't know what tomorrow holds. Proverbs 27, 1, don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day might bring. What will, be to- what will tomorrow be like? I don't know. What will happen tomorrow? How will things change? Romans 8 28, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Now I want you to notice that little thing. We kind of we always use it. all, All things work together for those who what? Love God, who seek after him, who desire his will. So we have to look at God, what he's going to do. Jason Lowe says. If you prepare yourself to expect the unexpected during the search, you'll be more likely to respond with grace and understanding. Expect the unexpected. Expect things aren't going to go the way you think they're going to go. If you're saying, well, maybe we can find somebody in eight months. It may not happen that way. Or we can find somebody within a year. It may not work that. Be patient. Have grace and understanding with that committee. And more than all, pray for that committee. I was excited last Sunday night, I uh, I finished preaching. I just asked people, I said, would you come to the front, those who feel like it and feel led to, and let's let's pray for this search team that's going to be coming up, this time that will be without a pastor. I was surprised, the whole front was full. Everybody here was praying at the front, seeking God during this process. So I'm going to touch on something right now, though, that I don't think this church really needs to hear. I think you will take care of your pastor, but some don't understand how you pay a pastor. When I first began preaching, I had a, I met a view that. I was young, and this guy told me, he was in the community, he says, you know what, they shouldn't pay a man to preach the word of God. He should do that free. And I said, really? That's all he said. You know, he just thought, you know, they should just, do it free that's what god's called him to do money can be used sometimes as a means to keep the pastor humble and sometimes people use money of the pastor to keep them in line if you don't do what we say then we're going to tighten that budget you know those type of things i've heard those i've heard those before from people and you're like what in the world it's not i don't do this for money but the money is nice it's a way of making a living it's how god provides there is a biblical way to look at compensation for a pastor. 1 Corinthians nine thirteen 13-14. Don't you know that those who perform the temple services eat the food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in the offerings of the altar? In the same way the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should earn their living by the gospel. It's a biblical format that churches follow. You call a man of God and his family, and you pay him. Now, I think that God wants us to take care of I'm not talking about you make a fortune. I don't want a house on the lake and a house in the mountains and all that kind of stuff, like some churches you see on TV and all that. But we need to be taken care of. And there's some things that are really strange about the pastor's pay. We are considered self-employed, yet we do not get the benefits of that. You may, you may, what now? I say, yeah, I'm, I'm self-employed. When I pastor a church, I, they could walk in and fire me any week, but they, they say, IRS, that we're self-employed. We're not part of the church in that sense. They don't, you, they, you don't pay the pastor Social Security. Because if you pay the pastor Social Security, then you've got to pay more at the end of the year on Social Security. It's crazy, I'm telling you, it's crazy. We have a housing allowance under IRS guidelines. And you look at that housing allowance; it's divided into a couple of things, and, and it's not paying our house note, but you take everything—soap, towels, everything you use in the house for any type of cleaning, whatever it may be—and you add it up at the end of the year. My wife is pro at that, and then we say, "Okay, that's our housing allowance," and you get—you do not—you don't have to pay taxes on it or Social Security on that. It's a great benefit. And then some, some employee people have good benefits for that, that the IRS has. But for pastors, it is a very, very unusual and odd thing how the government has set that up for us. So the church needs to financially provide for their pastor so he can focus on what God has called him to. Again, I don't think I have to worry. This church, I think, takes care of their pastors, from what I understand. they done a great job of that, and it's a wonderful place to be in. The Tennessee Baptist Convention, they provide a salary compensation study. Um, They provide the pastor, whatever, you know, they look at those type of things. There's a way of doing that. Now, I I know it's not comfortable to talk about finances on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night or any other time for people. It's just hard. But I never preach on giving. And I'm just sharing this aspect as as the pastor search committee begins to search and begins to look, that's something that they're going to have to deal with. And it's probably something that the person they're talking to, you know, you'll ask him, well, what do you need? What do you have to have? It's an awkward question for pastors. Uh, So you just have to come to this place of understanding your search committee will be looking to those things and handling those problems and all the issues that goes with that. So it's a wonderful thing to think about that your search committee is going to handle all these provisions, all these things and y'all come in every Sunday and you pray for that group as they're handling this business of the church. This can be the most exciting time in the life of a church as you wait to see who God brings. I, let, me, let me explain. I, I think in some way it's kind of like Christmas morning for kids. They're waiting. They don't know what they're going to get, but they know they're going to get something and they're waiting for that. And then when they go over to pray, they go, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is what I got. I got this, and I got this card, I got this. And the little girl said, I got this doll. What the church you're expecting, with great expectation and joy, is that God will send you the man he wants to be your pastor for however long. You'll soon love him. He'll become your pastor, as I said, when he preaches his sermons, when he prays with you when he does somebody's funeral, when he does all those things, you'll begin to accept him as your pastor. It'll be an exciting time for Greenwood Baptist Church. Exciting time of new growth, new things taking place. I know when I went to Morris Hill, I went in kind of difficult circumstances when I went there with the former pastor. he had committed suicide at the church. And I remember the pulpit committee had contacted me. And I said, well, let me pray. But see, God was already working in my heart that it would be somewhere I'd be leaving Meadowview. I just didn't know when or where or what. I had pastors call me and tell me, Bill, don't take that church. It'll ruin your ministry. It's going to be a difficult ministry for you to have. Don't go there. Don't go there. And I thought, well, these are pastors hardly ever calling me. Now they're telling me, hey, you're going to a tough place with this what happened. But I knew that that is where God wanted us to be. There was no doubt in my mind. The first three or four years were very difficult, especially the first year or so. But I knew that's where God wanted me to be. I had no doubt that he had called us there. Both my, listen, I believe that when God calls a pastor, I believe he calls a pastor's wife also. It's a package deal. I, I've seen pastors whose wives struggle with that, and it makes a miserable ministry. When you look at the pastor, you look at the wife. That's just how it goes. She's not there to do free work. She's there as a helpmate to that pastor. But what you're looking for in the future, what God is going to do for this church is bring you the man of God that he wants to lead you and to pastor this flock. Now I'm going to be getting into this on Sunday Night, some, but the difference. there is a, a pastor, and I have a pastor's heart. And there are guys who just preach. They don't have a pastor's heart. Somehow you have to find somebody that can teach the Word of God and it can love the people too. Now, I'm not an evangelist, but I feel like I am called to be a pastor and a teacher. But you've got to find that mix of people for that guy who's going to come in and shepherd the flock of God and care for you and love on you and be a good man of God for y'all. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm excited about being here to be the interim. I've said this before, I feel at home. I feel like I'm at home. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do, how God is going to use that search committee to bring you the man of God that this church needs for the future. Pray for your search committee. Pray for that man of God who's already probably stirring his heart that he's going to leave like I said I had. And pray for that church you'll be leaving from. That that church will really be healthy too. So you're getting somebody and they're losing somebody. That's just how it works. But God is in the mix. God is in control of all of it. He's the one that takes care of us and all these things. Let's go to the Lord we pray. Father, we thank you today for your word and direction and insight into how you work to some extent in finding a new pastor. And I pray for Greenwood that God that they will seek after you, they will look to you in all things. With great expectation, waiting for the man of God to come, become their new pastor, to lead them into the future. We thank you, Lord, in your precious, wonderful name that we pray. Amen. Now, you may think this is not exactly a sermon, that's an invitation sermon. It wasn't evangelistic, it, it wasn't uh, you know, a meat on the bone in, his ex- in some ways. But here's my invitation for you today. One, if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've never put your trust in Him, you say, well, Bill, I believe He rose from the dead, I believe He's the Son of God, but I've never put my trust in Him to forgive me of my sins. For him to be the Lord of my life. Today, you need to do that. Or maybe you're here and say, Bill, I've done all that, but I've never been baptized yet. Come and make a public profession of baptism.